0: What is going on guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys after a little bit of time away. Glad to be back with you guys. Hoping to really start getting amped up for the football season. Really start rolling here. It's past the 4th of July. It's hard to believe training camp is just a couple weeks away. Hope you guys had a great Fourth of July, week, weekend, however you guys celebrated it. Hope it was a good one, and hope you guys are ready for the start of NFL training camps in just a couple of weeks. If you guys are out there listening to the, or following the Scott Fishbowl as well, that has gotten underway. Uh, actually, that draft just, ha- just happened today. In fact, at the time of recording this, I had actually just made my first draft pick in the in the Scott Fishbowl, it wound up being Joe Mixon, the running back out of the Cincinnati Bengals. I had the number 9 pick. Uh, interestingly enough, and um, I imagine a lot of divisions and a lot of drafts here in the SFB 9 will have this player as the number 1 overall pick, and that is, from the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. And it makes a lot of sense, too, because if you follow the Scott Fishbowl this year, or if you're lucky enough that you're in it, And you know the scoring settings, you know that there's a lot of bonus points to be had with a lot of these players. I mean, just 50 rushing yards and 50 receiving yards gets you a bonus of 5 points. And with the way this offense is going to run through Christian McCaffrey, he's going to put up a lot of points in this league. So there's no question that is a viable option for the... Number one overall pick here in the Scott Fish Bowl, But again, I had the number nine overall pick. And I went with Joe Mixon. Uh, for, for fun, the rest of the draft so far, uh, if, if you guys are interested in following along. So McCaffrey, like I said, was the first overall pick. Followed by Travis Kelsey at number two. Remember, this is also a tight end bonus. Type league, or at least tight ends are valued a little bit more than receiver or than you know the other players because where running backs and receivers are half point tight end and half point or, or half point per reception, excuse me, and half point per PPR. Tight ends get an extra half point on top of the regular scoring for both those things. So it's effectively full PPR and full. Uh, point per first down for a tight down. So they're certainly a little more valued, so not too surprising that Travis Kelsey was going to go so high. Then at number three it was Saquon Barkley. Fourth pick was Ezekiel Elliott. Fifth pick was Alvin Kamara. Sixth was David Johnson. Seventh was DeAndre Hopkins. I was kind of hoping Hopkins would fall to me, but alas, he did not. Devontae Adams at number eight, and then I've made the last pick, at least at the time of this recording, Joe Mixon. Actually, I just got the updated email. Tenth pick was Melvin Gordon, which was kind of expected. It was between Gordon and Mixon for me. So, a little bit of a live update for you guys on the Scott Fish Bowl. And certainly, as we go through, I'll keep you guys updated if you're interested in the Scott Fish Bowl, how my draft is going, and then certainly how the season's going. And uh, just, of course, a backstory for those that aren't familiar with the Scott Fish Bowl. It's this big fantasy football invitational. Uh, I mean, this year, I think it's up to 1,200 players are in the bowl. I mean, it, it's incredible. This is actually my first year in the—or, or, not first year. Fourth year in the Scott Fish Bowl. My first year was back when it was still just 480 teams. And I remember, because uh, every year the divisions are named after something in the world of pop culture. Like this year, for example, all the divisions are named after video game characters. And I'm in the Crash Bandicoot division, because I've always been a big Crash Bandicoot fan. Uh, the first year, it was you know, just a lot of famous celebrities, actors, actresses, whatever the case may be. And I was in the on a Kendrick division in the funny women conference. Then they did Disney characters and I was in the Simba division. And then last year it was all TV characters. And I of course had to go with one of my favorite TV characters of all time, especially seeing it was available for a division name, Zach Morris of saved by the bell. Cause I'm a huge fan. Of saved by the bell and really the the point is to bring a lot of fantasy experts together and fans alike we're all in this just having fun and it also deals with or at least raises awareness and uh, money as well too for fantasy cares which is just you know a great charity helps uh and it's been on the news especially up in the minneapolis area or the Minnesota area where Scott Fish is from, going out and buying presents, Christmas gifts, things like that, for uh, children of need. So it's it's a very worthwhile cause. A lot of money raised for it as well, so he was able to buy a lot of gifts, and that's really what what the whole thing is all about. So a lot of a lot of good stuff, and very excited to be uh, invited back to the Scott Fish Bowl for a fourth year. But again, hope, uh, down the line. We'll, uh, we'll keep you guys updated and hopefully just have a lot of fun. Maybe one of the maybe one of you guys listening are my league mates, and uh, you'll kind of hear some of my strategy. So you, you never know. You never know who you're going to run into. But it, overall, it's just a lot of fun, and I'm very excited to be a part of it. You never know. Maybe I'll end up with some Panthers players. Uh, obviously, Cam Newton is still out there, and quarterback is a uh, – A fairly premium position here, uh, six points per passing touchdown. Again, the rushing yards certainly help, so Cam is gonna get bumped up a little bit because of it, so I could end up with him, I could end up with DJ Moore, so we'll see. Uh, you know, very, very interested how this draft is gonna play out.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Uh, But before we continue, of course, I want to thank, obviously, one of our great sponsors. They've been with us for a long time. They're our buddies, of course, at Blue Chew. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Just go to BlueChew.com. Remember, that's blue like the color blue, B-L-U-E. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime time, day or night, and even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever that big moment occurs. It, if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you with your follow-through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, there's no more awkwardness. They're made right here in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. So, go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you get to try your first shipment for free. All you have to do is just pay the $5 in shipping. So, again, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, free shipment. Just pay the $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Panthers podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So there was something, too, that I, I wanted to talk about, because it just popped up just the other day, and um, I, I found it really interesting and thought I'd share, you know, I thought it was a, a good story to kind of come back on, and that's this NFL.com and this talk that they had on the NFL Network the other day about the top 10 NFL teams of the decade. Uh, they had a ranking on the site and they debated it and talked about different teams on NFL network and the number one team of the decade. And I mean, it's, you know, there's still one more year, obviously here in 2019, but uh, obviously for the most part, the decade is or, is over. But I guess we could say as of now, but the team they ranked number one, of the decade was the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. And it certainly makes a lot of sense that they're up there, or at least in the conversation for the number one spot of the decade, 13 and three regular season. We know they had one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. Uh, they were number one in overall defense, number one in points allowed Uh, And also second in point differential. And they even ranked where that defense stood of the decade. Their 273.6 yards per game they allowed on defense was number four of the decade. And they were number three of the decade in points allowed at just 14.4 points per game. And also even number nine of the decade in point differential. I mean, obviously, just so much talent, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, cam Chancellor, all all those players, just one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen in the history of the NFL, and then, of course, they got to super Bowl forty eight and just dismantled what was at the time arguably the greatest, if not the greatest, offense we've ever seen in the Denver Broncos, and they held that team to just eight points. So there's no doubt the Seahawks are in play for that number one spot. But number two on the list, if you haven't seen this list yet, number two on the list is actually, and this is obviously why I'm bringing up this list on the Locked On Panthers podcast, because it is the Carolina Panthers of 2008. 15. The team of that, of course, went 15 and 1 in the regular season before falling to the Broncos in Super Bowl 50, 24 10. As we know, this, of course, was the team that 15 uh, 1, which, of course, included the 14 0 start. They didn't lose until, I believe, that was against the Falcons in week 16. Uh, They have their rankings on here as well. They were 11th in overall offense in that 2015 season, but they were number one in scoring at 31.3 points per game. They were sixth in overall defense, sixth in points allowed, and number one in point differential plus 192, which also ranked them sixth overall for across the entire decade. And I'll, I'll read you guys what they wrote about the the Panthers in this article here it says like Denver 2 years prior the 2015 Carolina Panthers failed to make good on an incredibly promising regular season falling to the Broncos in a dispiriting flop of a Super Bowl aside from the sour ending however this team put together one of the best regular season campaigns of the decade quarterback Cam Newton won the MVP award by throwing for nearly 4000 yards and 35 touchdowns against just 10 picks adding 636 yards and an additional 10 touchdowns on the ground. Carolina got as close as anyone has this decade of running the regular season table, becoming the first team since the 2009 Colts to start 14-0. The Panthers tied the 2012 Niners and 2017 Rams for the most first-team All-Pro players on a single team in the decade, with six players, Cam Newton, Mike Tolbert, Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekly, and Josh Norman. All earning the honor, despite the lack of a real number one receiver, Newton, tight end Greg Olson, and running back Jonathan Stewart made the offense work while Keekley and Norman shepherded a defense that corralled 39 takeaways, tied for third most of the decade. You can't argue with them being on this list. What you can argue, however, is are they the second best team? I mean, right behind the Panthers on this list is the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, the team, of course, that won Super Bowl 52 over the Patriots 41 33. They were seventh in defense, third in scoring, or seventh in offense, excuse me, third in scoring, fourth in overall defense, fourth in points allowed, and tied first. In point differential, I think you can make the argument that the 2017 Eagles probably deserve to be higher than the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Again, this is far from a knock against the Carolina Panthers. This is just more a testament, I think, to the Eagles. The fact that they, you know, went 13 and three, which is still a very good record had an absolutely outstanding offense and beat the Kings. I mean the Patriots of course were in their second straight Super Bowl third in the last four years, looking to defend their title and the Eagles shut the door on them by almost beating them up at their own game with their explosive offense and obviously you know we know the one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, the Philly special. So I would argue that the Eagles probably deserve to be, you know, a tad higher than the Panthers. And then just scrolling through the rest of the list, you have the 2016 New England Patriots. That's the team that went 14-2 and and beat the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. Obviously the greatest comeback ever. Then the 2013 Denver Broncos, as we alluded to before. Um number 1 in offense, number 1 in scoring, you know, one of the highest scoring teams we've ever seen before losing in the Super Bowl. 2015 Cardinals. Little interesting on here though that the Cardinals made, but this is a team that is a team that went 13 and 3. Remember that's the team the Panthers beat to get to Super Bowl 50 and that was the team the Panthers absolutely routed in that NFC Championship 49 to 15, but the Cardinals still put up big numbers. Then you have the 20, 2012 49ers. That's the team that went 11-4-1. The team, of course, that Colin Kaepernick took over midseason and led them all the way to the Super Bowl before losing to the Ravens. 2011 Packers were at number 8. That was the 15-1 team before going one and done in the playoffs, losing to the Giants in the divisional round. Number 9 was last year's Chiefs. Number one in offense, number one in scoring, behind, of course, Pat Mahomes' 50 touchdowns. Uh, they do ma- they did make a note, though, that the defense was absolutely terrible, and let's face it, they are not wrong. Uh, and, they, and they also note how they lost to the Rams in that epic shootout. And the number 10, rounding out the list, was actually the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars, which I found a... A little interesting. Obviously, they made a good run in the playoffs, uh, beating the Steelers, beating the Bills, and then beating the Steelers in the playoffs before losing a heartbreaker to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. But this team also had the worst regular season record among all these teams on the list at just 10-6, and six, though, of course, they did win the division. Um, so looking at the 10 teams they put on the list, I mean, you could argue, you could probably argue the only team on this list that probably would deserve to be higher than the Panthers in terms of not in terms of this list being set and already being behind the Panthers that you can move above the Panthers would be that 2017 Eagles team. I think I agree the Seahawks should be number 1. I mean again just even the offense was very good but it was just all about that defense. A just a historical defense in that season, but the 2014, if there's one team that's not on this list that really deserves to be on this list, it's the 2014 New England Patriots. How we just talked about the Seahawks and that great 2013 season, well, let's remember who beat the Seahawks the following year in the playoff, in the Super Bowl, excuse me, and that was the New England Patriots. One of the greatest interceptions, one of the greatest defensive plays in Super Bowl history, with Malcolm Butler's interception at the goal line to seal the deal for the Patriots and seal what, of course, became their fifth Super Bowl title, ring number five for Tom Brady. That team didn't even make this list. Uh, you could, I think, you could definitely argue they should be above the 2017 Jaguars, uh, maybe above. You know, I would even say, you know, you could probably flip the, the Chiefs and the Packers. I mean, the Packers, yes, they went 15-1, and won, but they didn't even win a playoff game. You know, if we're talking about whole seasons for these teams and, and great teams, I would think you got to have, I would think playoff results matter somewhat. And those 2017 Packers didn't even win a single playoff game. So that kind of um, ruins the shine, so to speak, of that 15-1 regular season. The Panthers, at least, made it all the way to the Super Bowl before losing. So it, it doesn't completely tarnish that 15-1 and regular season. Effectively, it means they went 17-2, and which is still a, a very good season. But I think you definitely got to put the 2014 Patriots on there. The team that beat the juggernaut that is, or that was, the Seattle Seahawks at the time. But again, the there, there's no doubt that that Carolina Panthers team, even with losing the Super Bowl, there's no question that that team deserves to be on this list. I mean, again, do they deserve to be number two? I don't know. I think you can definitely make a case that the Eagles are ahead of them just because the Eagles were just so good on both sides of the ball that year, and they actually won the Super Bowl. Did they get knocked a bit because of Carson Wentz getting injured? Maybe. And they even noted it in the article they wrote. They said about how Wentz didn't even participate in the Super Bowl push Uh, It said, however, however, as fluky as Nick Foles' playoff run might have felt at the time, the truth is the Eagles were one of the more dominant title-winning teams of the decade. Along with the 2016 Patriots, these Eagles are the only team to win the Super Bowl and rank in the top five in both scoring offense and scoring defense. So, like I said, just a total... Total team effort for that 2017 Eagles team, and that's what led them to win the Super Bowl that year. But what do you guys think? Should the Panthers be ahead of that Super Bowl-winning Eagles team? Do they deserve to be the number two team of the decade? Do they deserve to be number one? You know, is there an argument to be made I mean, I'd be very curious to hear what the argument is, but is there an argument to be made that this team would be better than the 2013 Seattle Seahawks? Let me let me know what you guys think. Remember, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Bill underscore R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow the podcast on Himalaya, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. And like I said, keep tuning in to see how I do with the Scott Fish Bowl and tune in as We'll start looking at the Panthers opponents and start getting ready for training camp. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that we're just about two weeks away, a little over two weeks away from the start of training camp. So hang tight. We're almost there. Just a short time of the dead period left to go. So with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for tuning in. always appreciate it. And until next time, take care, everybody. Hope you guys have a good one. And we will see you next time right here on L.O.P.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.